Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone, and good afternoon to our friends out on the East Coast. This is Stuart Crawford, and welcome to another edition of Small Business IT Radio, coming to you live on blogtalkradio.com. Go on ahead and check them out. Get on the uh, get online today. Start broadcasting your story out to the to the world. And Blog Talk Radio is a free service that anybody can go and subscribe to. And we'd like to thank the folks there for uh, making this available to us. We've got a great uh, program ahead of us today. For those of you that that, that tuned in with, looking to uh, hear Ryan Morris from iPad, uh, Ryan sends his apologies. He had a family emergency come up today and uh, did to uh, reschedule our uh, meeting today. So we've rescheduled that for uh, sometime in July. Information is available on our website at Small Business IT Radio today. Or, sorry, ITRadio.com. Small Business ITRadio.com is where you can find uh, the details on that. However, we have a great uh, show lined up at the last minute here, and I want to thank my good friend George, uh, who's been on the program before um, a few months ago. We're going to talk about uh, his new upcoming book, uh, Build Your Own Business. Uh, wonderful book. I had a chance to uh, have a look at it a few, a few weeks ago, and this is definitely one of those books you're going to uh, want to have in your uh, library if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're an IT professional business owner or just a business owner and uh, working, you know, driving trucks or making pies or whatever your business is all about. This is definitely one of those books that you want to have in your in your library. Uh, so, George, welcome, my friend. Uh, how are things with you these days? Not too bad, Stuart. Thanks for having me on today. And welcome back to the welcome back to the program. So, George, it's been a couple of weeks or, or a couple of months since we chatted last. Uh, what's new? Uh, what's happening with the with the book? Is it out now? Um, the book is actually not out now. It's going to be out in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, working on the final editions, um, picking up everything else I need to pick up to, to put in there. Pretty much the meat is all done, but uh, yeah, I have a couple couple weeks for the deadline, um, but it's moving along nicely. It's actually, again, it's a second edition of um, a book I put out about a year and a half ago, and uh, it's called... BYOB, build your own business, don't be your own boss. And although it is kind of aimed, it's aimed towards service and consulting companies, but um, it really is, uh, and actually technology related for the most part, but it really can, like you said, be used for the most part by any kind of company. It's it's basically a, um, um, a structured outline of, of how um, a solid business will run uh, as smooth as it possibly can, because I'm all about building business value and actually maximizing the profit. No matter how big or small your company is or you want it to be, there's there's a there's a maximum, and most people put ceilings on their own maximum. So basically, what I try to do is uh, remove that ceiling or, or raise it as high as it possibly can go, and that's what I attempt to do uh, with this book. Great. And, George, you can hear me okay? Because I just stared a little bit. You were cutting in and out, but I wasn't sure if it was my end or your end. But you can hear me okay? I can hear you okay. That might be Excellent. Good. Good. I just want to make sure uh, it wasn't my VoIP line or your VoIP line that was uh, cutting out. But you were fine. Just had a few seconds there where it kind of spit it, spit it a little bit but uh, on my end, but you're fine. So, 
So, George, uh, you know, you got this. Uh, I looked on Amazon uh, yesterday, and I saw it's available on Advanced Order, which was great. So, let's talk about the book. And uh, let me tell a little bit about your uh, your bio there that I have uh, uh, from uh, you know from what uh, Carl Pelichek, who's a very respected uh, thought leader in the IT industry, had to say about uh, you know about the the BYOB. He basically says you, you nailed it. You know, it's uh, you know, put, you put on together 130 pages of how to find the right clients. You know, set up our businesses to be more productive, in the most well-organized build, business building manual that I've seen. And that came from Stuart Phelps, you know, and this is what Carl had to say. You know, Carl had Carl went on to say, you know, your recently revised BYOB is an excellent book for any entrepreneur who wants to sit down and start working on their business. You know, George, uh, we've always mentioned, you know, it's better to work on our business than in our business. And, and then Carl goes on to, you know, mention other things. As, you know, as with any good coaching book, there's some advice you might want to hear, like multitasking is a four-letter word, and we'll talk about that. But once you start being defensive about the way you've been doing things and open up to new approaches, our productivity will soar. You know, this, these are some great testimonials from thought leaders in our industry, uh, George. But, you know, there might be a, a few folks that haven't heard our, our program from a couple months ago and coming, uh, coming on to our program for the first time. Tell us a little about, about your business. Uh, you know, how did you get started? You know, what do you, what's, what's business been like? And, you know, and then we'll dive into the book. Sure. Um, well, I come from a technology background. I actually have a, an electrical engineering degree. And um, I took that right from college into starting um, a, a couple of businesses. I've actually never worked full-time for anybody ever. Um, so I went right into my own consulting company, joined up with a couple of people, and uh, started an IT and engineering company. Um, I brought that to the million-dollar mark in about four years, all before I was 30. Um, a couple other businesses here and there inside of there. I've been in the restaurant industry and a couple other other industries where I've invested my money in. And um, when I got out of the engineering IT company, I said, you know what, what do I really want to do? And I said, well, I enjoy business and I enjoy technology, and there's a lot of people out there that like to take their technology knowledge and apply that into their own company. But, you know, as you well know, a lot of technology people, they know the tech end a lot more than the business end, and when you take that leap, sometimes you just don't understand what you're really getting into and it's not a matter of not being able to handle the business side but it's jumping into something you've never been taught you've never been exposed to and it's just a whole new experience and it takes a little uh, push a little help and that's what I do uh, my coaching and advising programs that I've been doing for the past six years are all based on um, taking consulting and service companies and some product related companies but all mostly technology-related people, dealing with those business owners in a way so that they understand everything that has to go into actually running an actual business and not creating a job for them, which is what a lot of people end up doing. Um, not the way I go about it. It does not work out all too well. It gets very discouraging, and uh, then you end up wanting to find a job again. Well, right now, that's a really tough thing to do, so it's even more important if you've jumped into the business world to make sure that you're really running a business, that you want to be there, that you're doing the things that will structure your business so you can stay in there. So that's that's basically what I've been doing with my programs are about. And my, my book is a very, um, I guess you can call it an outline of the things that I work with 
the technology business owners on um, to get them to work on their business more than in their business, like you mentioned before. So, George, I mean, you, you brought up a great point there about uh, you know working on our business and, and technology professionals as entrepreneurs. Now, in your travels, you know, is is a technology guy, you know, the guy who really gets the ones and zeros, the gadgets and the widgets, are they going to die off pretty soon, or do you think there's still room from the in the market the way things are going today? Well. There's uh, there's no room for the glorified contractor. Um, that's that's the person that basically is in business because they just didn't want to have a boss, or they thought they wouldn't have a boss. Everybody has a boss. I don't care how big the company is. The people that give you the money, which are your clients, they're bosses. Uh, if you have a board of directors and you're in a Fortune 50 company, you have a boss. I mean, nobody goes out there and doesn't have a boss. So that kind of mindset those guys are going to have a hard time. Um, glorified contractors who are sole proprietors but not really running a business like a business. They're really just technically being the boss and the employee at the same time and not really understanding business concepts. They're going to have a hard time because, um, as you well know, your clients are looking for people to understand what they're saying, not talk a lot of tech to them, but come up with a technology solution to a business problem. But first they have to know that you understand how to run a business and that you're going to be there when they call you on Friday and they try to call you Monday, they want to make sure you're still going to answer the phone. That's the people they want to partner up with, and that gives them a better inclination that when they talk to you and they say, I have this business problem, you're going to speak business to them and then come back and say, this is the technology that's going to help you do it. This is how you're going to solve your problem, how you're going to make money, save money, whatever they're looking to do. So, yeah, the the independent glorified contractor is going to have a very difficult time over the next year or so staying around. When I when I spoke with Harry Brelsford about a probably about a year ago now, he uh, he mentioned that IT professionals and the, the technical the very technical uh, consultants uh, would get a, pa- a pass for the next year. So we're coming to the end of that uh, that one year period. So it's going to be very interesting to see you know, how that plays out. And you know, you were at the recent SMB Nation. Uh, conference in the uh, in the east there george for for i t professionals and I'm sure there was a you know a lot of other people from all over the country that attended that but did you see a different uh tone in the discussions or different you know the agenda was different was it more now business focused and less uh technical focused um it was actually a lot more business focused even the technical and harry runs a a tech speak or a geek speak and a business speak and even the uh, Geek Speak stuff was very business-oriented. It was um, kind of refreshing to see that. But, um, you know, the business stuff had a little bit of tech, and the Geek stuff had a, a decent amount of business inside of it. And the two sessions that I actually spoke on, um, both of them were um, business-oriented in the way that we just talked about, about looking through the eyes of your clients and, and understanding that this is what they're looking for. And I was trying to get people prepared for building the value of their business, looking as a valuable asset to their client and understanding that, you know, times are changing and, and this is the, the way that everybody has to go. Actually, Harry's big thing was, uh, his theme was the trusted business advisor. I'm sure you heard of that. Oh, yeah. That's uh, making its uh, making its way around the uh, the industry for sure. I uh, just want to remind everybody who's listening to us that we um, they have the call-in line open if you'd like to ask George a question at 646 716 
And I also have the chat window open at blogtalkradio.com. If you want to ask a question there, feel free to uh, type in a question, and we'll try to get uh, around to your question there. So, George, let's focus in on the book because it's got some great, great stuff. And I mean, it covers everything from, you know, time management, leadership skills, marketing principles, which is something uh, you know that I think is very important, especially today. Um, you know, uh, the business owner's arch enemy. That one title of a chapter really caught my attention. Um, can we expand on that? What is the business owner's arch enemy? That's funny. That's actually the, the the new chapter that I added. I actually added information to many of the chapters, but that one did not exist in the original book. And um, it's something I thought was impart, uh, important to uh, talk about. And it's funny that you you, met, you didn't mention that before, that that caught your eye. But <laughs> that's... Uh, that's interesting stuff. Basically, what I call the business owner's arch enemy is is somebody called Norm. Um, Norm is basically a character um, that uh, what I that's a shortened name. The full name for Norm is Industry Norm. So what a lot of people do is is they look at the Industry Norm and they do one or two things. Most of them do one or two things. They either say, "Well, I can't get there." or my whole goal is just to get to the industry norm. But what they don't realize is that the actual successful, successful companies, the ones with a really good baseline, they're above the norm. It's just like going back to school. The norm is the average. So, you know, if you want to strive to be average, okay, that's a good start. But most people are looking to be above the average. And and if there was no above and below, there wouldn't be an average. So, I just I, I want to make sure that people understand where the industry norm term comes from, and the fact that you know there's a lot more information out there that that allows you not only to understand what the industry norms are, but what the people above that level are doing and, and how they're doing it, and it's becoming um, you know it's becoming more of a thing you kind of have to do versus something that's an extraneous thing that maybe you know a smaller company costs too much money for them to look at that kind of stuff. It's not the case anymore. It's it's almost like the difference between uh, when QuickBooks came out. You know, uh, you could still do everything with an Excel spreadsheet, and some people did. But at a certain point, a program like QuickBooks, not necessarily QuickBooks itself, but a program like QuickBooks became standard, and everybody uses it. Everything comes up to that point. And as technology people, we have to understand that. That happens inside of our business, not just what we're telling our customers, but we really need to do the same thing for ourselves. I mean, and we see that all the time, George. You know, you just have to look at man. You know, look at managed services for an example. Uh, four, four or five years ago, you had guys like Matt Makowitz, Eric Simpson. You know, they were the the pioneers, the the the, the leading edge guys when it came to uh, managed services. You know what, now everybody and their dogs do managed services, and I feel sorry for the poor guys that are just getting into it or or just think, beginning to think about offering managed services because I think they're well behind, the, well behind the curve here. But, you know, you look at those two gentlemen I, that I bring up by example, you know, they built very successful businesses on managed services to the point now where they're teaching guys like me how to do that effectively. They're con- continuously evolving their business so that they are staying, you know, one, two, maybe three steps ahead of the normalcy curve. And I, I thought normal. I, you know, I was trying to think norm, norm. 
you know, you you kind of relate that to like the Norm Peterson from Cheers as well. The kind of guy yeah, exactly. that sits at the end of the bar, the kind of guy that sits at the end of the bar and waits for things to happen to him. We're not, we're nobody's going to win in that, and especially in today's market, just waiting for the phone to ring. But let let's kind of chat about that. You know, staying ahead of the curve. I mean, that's critical. That's a critical success factor, I would believe. Absolutely, and you know, it again, it comes down to it doesn't matter what size of a business you have or what size of a business you want to be. When I say um, staying ahead of the curve or the norm, you know, being above average, I'm not saying that you have to compare yourself as a one-person show to a company that has 100 people. But they do certain things, and they did certain things to get to that level, and they use certain tools, and they use certain um, resources, and there's um, metrics involved in what they do. So if you look at a metric in comparison to not the actual number, such as $5 million in revenue and um, you know, whatever profit line they have, if you look at it as a percentage that says, well, they're running at 20% profit revenue or they have a 60% gross margin, whatever happens to be, those are the metrics you look at, and that's what I'm talking about, about not being average. So if the average company has a, a profit of 15%, but the above average is 20, why wouldn't you want to do 20? I'm not saying you have to be a $5 million company. You can be a $250,000 company by yourself. Okay? So, you know, this Yeah, this that's, that's, that's so true. Yeah, and, that, and that's what the way you have to look at it. And then you got the other side of the coin that says, well, how am I supposed to get these, these metrics? How am I supposed to figure out what my goals should be? Um, well, there's things out there now that, you know, um, programs, web-based programs that are very affordable that are sort of like the whole thing when I said when people switched over from, um, from using Excel to, to using QuickBooks. It's getting to that point where you can't deny the fact that the stuff is out there. And yeah, it's for sure. It's definitely out there. Yeah, and, and you, you really need to use it. You need to understand it. That's what we're talking about with the technology people and the glorified contractor thing. You can't be just an employee that doesn't happen to have a boss other than themselves. You, you need to understand how a business works. And it's not just all about marketing. Marketing is very, very important, but there's people out there that go down the tubes because they concentrated on the marketing they did so well that they didn't realize, geez, now i gotta, I got to finance things, i got to get more employees, or I have to get employees, or I have to get subcontractors, and everything comes at them in a flood, and all of a sudden they can't handle it, and now they don't have any business because they dropped their current customers to handle the new customer. And that person dropped them because they really couldn't handle the thing because they just doubled their size. So there is a whole matrix that goes on inside of here, and that's what the structure that the the book tries to convey. And then on top of that, you have the little nuances inside of that structure that says, what am I supposed to be looking at? And that's that's really what it comes down to. You need to know what you need to be looking at, how you can get that information as easy as possible because we're still not talking about trying to be unproductive here. We want everything in front of you as fast as possible, as accurate as possible, so you can just take a look, then understand it. And then the real key that a book cannot help you with, um, that you know, it gets into more of a coaching thing, is, okay, I have these metrics. I have my goals. I'm reading them. I'm finding out where I'm missing and where I'm hitting. But how do I make the change? Because you can look all day. You can make as many plans as you want. Same thing with driving a car. You can say, I want to drive from 
my house to Stu's house, I got a map, but if you don't get in the car, start it, and actually go follow it and understand there's going to be some um, pit stops you have to make and some bumps in the road that are going to happen and, and know how to overcome those things, you can't get from point A to point B. You can plan until you're blue in the face. So that's where people end up getting stuck. And because of that, and they realize that, they say, you know what, I'm better off not even knowing because I know I'm going to get stuck and I'm not going to know what I'm going to do. So not not the way to go about it. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, uh, George, I see all the time in our industry is guys get stuck and they there's almost like a level of pride where they don't want to reach out for help. Do you find that with a number of people that you run across? Um, absolutely. So how do you know how do, how do we look at how do we I mean we're I love this chapter I mean you know the the business owner's arch enemy because I'm looking I want to I'm actually going to go back to the draft of the book and reread it again because I want I think I uh, I didn't read it in full entirety last time uh, maybe missed a few key areas I want to I want to go back and because that always happens when you read you know any book I go back and read several books I read years ago again just make sure I uh, in a different mindset now and make sure I can cap- capture some new ideas. But, you know, this is really intriguing me because I really deal with this kind of stuff, even with my clients every day. And, you know, we talked about the trusted business advisor and being that type of person for our clients. But, you know, taking these things that we're learning from, you know, your book combined with all the other business books that we read and the courses we uh, attend and the seminars we go to, really these are the type of conversations we need to be having with our cl- our customers today, and how does technology help uh, lessen that pain of uh, you know getting stuck in your business and all the other headaches that go around with business today? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? If you can corner somebody, that's a, a business owner, or in the case of a client, you know, just somebody in a high level position that that uh, you know has budgetary uh, control and whatnot. That they're really they're a buyer of your services. If you can put them in a corner and let them, you know, talk freely, then that ego ends up going away because they'll end up saying what you need them to say for you to help them. And it's the same thing when I'm dealing with technology business owners. It's a tough nut to crack because we all are very smart people and we know we're smart people and uh, there is a huge ego problem. But, you know, once they realize there's no equating technology smarts with business smarts, especially if you don't know anything about running a business, it's not – any different from saying, I don't know how to play a sport, please teach me. It's not embarrassing. You know, an athlete that's good at baseball that doesn't know anything about basketball is eventually going to say, I want to be a good basketball player. Uh, I got, oh, I can be better than I am. I'm going to go get somebody to, to teach me. The guy that doesn't is, isn't going to do too well. Same thing with your customers. Same thing with the technology people. If you back them into a corner and, and you know make it safe where nobody else is going to hear what's going on, they will tell you what you need to hear to help them. Same thing when I'm talking to technology business owners. They will eventually tell me. But the first step is making them feel like it's not an embarrassing thing. It's uh, it's not an ego problem. You're doing the same thing and having the same problems that other people are having. This is not unique stuff. But you need a little push and you need a little help. Otherwise, you would have already done it. That's correct. Yeah, that's I wrote a blog post the other day, George, kind of similar pro, uh, lines about you know just getting stuff done, and how many people wait to the last minute to uh, you know get things done before uh, you know then they're you know call it performing under pressure or or whatever. I just I, it, it doesn't sit well with me. I'm not the type of guy that's 
you know, if I can get it done a week ahead of time and then uh, and then maybe tweak and adjust it over the course of the week, I have new ideas start flowing in. It, it seems to work better for me. Let's let's keep moving on with the because uh, we could spend the whole hour on this one chapter alone. But I, I want to hit a couple other things, especially in today's downturn economy, the importance of protecting and utilizing our biggest asset. We're talking about managing our clients and their expectations. I mean, George, you know, you have clients. I have clients. I don't have customers. Man, I hate that word, customers. You know, Eric Simpson and I share the same views on that. I'm a customer at Walmart. I service people, so they're my clients. But let's talk about client management. Now, you know, where are IT partners doing this well today? And maybe what maybe we touch on based on some areas that need some improvement. Well, like a lot of consulting and service businesses, when, when you say exactly what I say, that you're dealing with a client versus a customer, um, again, like you said, a, a retail environment, those are customers. That's, uh, they come in to buy something that can physically touch, and then they go put it in a shopping cart, buy it, and they leave. When you're dealing with a client, it's a lot more relationship-driven, and one problem a lot of technology people have is dealing with relationships. Um, not not very people persons, a lot of them, um, but that's the way it has to be. You have to develop a relationship with the people that you're going to work with, and that's where that term, the trusted business advisor, and, and things like that come from, because if they can't talk to you, you're going to have a hard time getting or keeping the clients that you already have, but um, so there's a way to go about the start of the relationship. We don't really have the time to, to go into that, but the, the thing that the book breaks down is, is starting relationship is important. Um, how you go about your first meeting with a client is important. Um, a lot of times that does go pretty well, um, but things get, get, get blown. I mean, I don't know if you've ever gone to a client and you thought you were in the bag, and it turns out, that was a, it was a blown deal that didn't happen. I mean, you don't really know what happened, but a lot of times it's because you didn't really build a relationship or they already had a relationship with somebody else and you just didn't know about it and that you didn't do anything to not bust that relationship because you don't, you don't know about it, but to establish a better one that says you understand them more than anybody else does and you're actually listening to what the business problem is and not talking over their heads or trying to tell them how smart you are and uh, things like that. You just can't do that. And you can't really focus on on the solutions when you first run into people. You need to focus on what's their problem. There's very little talking to do when you first meet uh, a, a client that's not your client yet. It's a lot of listening. And the listening skill is a lot, causes a lot of problems with people because they think they need to talk a lot. It's not much different than an interview. You ask more questions and you listen to more answers. Um, Absolutely. You know, so it's it's all about relationship building. And then the the one thing that really becomes a problem in, in this kind of thing, once you get the client, it's important to keep them as a client by keeping up that relationship. And that really is a main issue uh, as far as the client management goes, that people don't understand how to do that. And when you can do that, it makes it easier. You know, everybody says, and it's true, that it's easier to sell to somebody that already bought from you than to find a new client. So the only way to do that is through client management programs. You know, how are you going to touch these clients on a regular basis? How are you going to keep up with them to let them know that you're there, 
things you can do, new things you can do, um, you know, and add to your revenue streams, which is a whole other chapter, but it's all related to client management, adding additional re- revenue streams. Um, I'm sure you do that at Bulletproof, correct? Yeah, oh yeah, we're uh, figuring out new ways to keep in touch with people that we meet uh, uh, all over the place if it's on a networking event or from a referral, and then continuously uh, letting them know how to uh, and keeping up on new services and, and offerings that we have to uh, to offer. I know, and George, this this radio program is just another way that we can uh, you know contribute back to the community, but also creates awareness about what Bulletproof does. So, you know, there's all many different ways. That's why I I, I promote Blog Talk Radio at the beginning, and a number of IT partners are now leveraging this service as another vehicle to get their message out and and, and sending links to their customers and clients uh, when uh, there's something of interest that they're interested, you know, and have a guest on that can and help them understand things. Uh, George, what are you seeing, you know, partners doing today and IT professionals doing today that uh, you would say, you know, these guys have got their heads screwed on pretty tight? Um, what subject? <laughs> you know, on, on kind of what we're talking about, client management. Client management? Okay. The ones that actually have a set structure that says, this is how I deal with a new client. This is how I keep clients happy. This is my, um, everybody in the company, if it's just you or it's two, three, 20, 50 people, everybody knows their role in how they handle a client. Um, and you literally have this written down because it, it needs to be one of those things that gets written down and, and published inside your company of how to handle a client when they have uh, good things to say to try to get referrals. If they, how you bill people and being on time with that so everybody knows the way you run your show and they come back and understand that, you know, okay, I owe you money in 30 days. There's no argument, and I'm going to call you when I can't pay you in 30 days or whatever it happens to be. So they understand that you're, you have a valuable service and you're owed the money, and they understand how you handle that. But everybody in the company needs to understand that. They need to understand how to... Um, handle complaints and that's got to be written down too and again all these things are done by the people that understand in the in this industry what's going on they understand there's there's people skills that that go on with it um, you know they got to understand that they're they make their people understand that just because somebody calls all irate that it doesn't necessarily mean you did anything wrong there's a lot of factors that make people mad and you might have been the last straw that you know toppled them over um, then on top of that, in general, you really need a, a plan to, to touch your market. Like you were saying, some guys, they do exactly what you do. They have radio shows or they, they have a, a popular blog. You know, that's the use of technology. Other people, they send out newsletters um, or they send out email tips, little things that are, are scheduled and coordinated that says, I'm not going to pester anybody, but... I'm going to give them good information, and every once in a while it's going to allow me to tell them about something else that's going on that maybe we can make some money off of. Again, yeah, that's, that's, that's critical, George. I mean, you, you kind of nailed it there. That's, you know, getting, for being front of, in front of mind, especially in today's world, is I've seen so many relationships go downhill, and all it was because there was a lack of communication. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, keep in front in front of mind and, and not being annoying and doing that by, by giving them things that make sense to give them that they want to hear 
or want to see allows you to not have a problem with tipping your your head into the picture there for a second say hey by the way we have a new service they're not going to get mad at that but if the only time they hear from you is when you have some kind of uh, discount going on or you know something like that then it starts to get annoying and they they're not even going to open it anymore whether it's a letter or anything else and eventually they might find somebody else they feel doesn't bother them that much but it's very very important now that we're uh, that we as we were discussing before how times are changing with the whole trusted business advisor and what now people want to be able to go and have a relationship that says I'm comfortable with asking you to do whatever I need to get done to fix a business problem that touches probably upon a technology solution. Even if you don't necessarily do it, because what they're doing is asking your advice is saying, how can we get this done? I know you probably don't know how to do it, but I'm asking you. And if you can't, they know that whoever you bring into the picture will actually do a good job. And again, they're trusting your opinion. And that becomes another revenue stream for you, because whoever you bring in, you're going to make a couple of dollars off of by doing it. So it's these little things that cost you no effort, no effort, but the same effort it takes to say hello and give them some information here and there will allow you to have them turn around and say, we want to, we want to go to you to find out how to, how to fix this problem. And again, it's not about doing things that your company does not do. I'm, I'm not advocating that at all. It's not a good idea. But, if you but at least know where to turn to get those right really. resources. Well, if you understand your niche and you understand the vertical you're playing in, you should understand what kind of things your clients will eventually need or might need, and you can introduce that to them and look like the hero saying, we're doing this for you, and I know eventually that's going to lead to you growing or whatever it happens to be, and you're going to need this. So when you're ready for that, let me know, because we know some good people that that do that, and we trust them very much, and, and we would have no problem making that introduction for you. That's being a trusted business advisor, you understand their business. You're anticipating the things that are going to happen. You're not just saying, well, I'm going to put in a server for you and do some networking and uh, hope that you pay me every month. That's not a relationship. That's hiding. That's being like an employee saying, I just hope I don't get fired. That has nothing to do with, with building relationship and, and understanding um, your niche and your vertical, which is something else I go over in the book that's that's really important, and you can't be everything to everybody. Well, that's that's so true, uh, George. You can't, you know, you can't be everything to everybody. And I have actually an article coming in uh, CRN Canada next uh, in July uh, around that topic. And uh, you know, it's so it's you, yeah, you just can't. But you have to know where to turn to uh, to get the right people. And you know, this is the importance of networking. And maybe we can touch base on marketing. Uh, and the next little bit here, because I think networking and marketing go hand in hand. A little story uh, first before we, we dig into there. I was uh, invited to a networking event last night, and I actually ended up going to the wrong one, which is funny, because it was in the same place, but I ended up going to the wrong floor of the building. But I I got to the, I went into the networking event, and I ran into some friends of mine that I've seen in a few other events, and it really opened my eyes, and I blogged about it on uh, my blog, StuartCrawford.com, uh, this, uh, last night about it, George, was... I need to I need to really step up my networking here. I'm probably spinning my wheels in the wrong place, networking with the wrong folks. When I went out last night, I was now sitting at tables with, you know, uh, past leaders of uh, the Distinguished Business Awards. The, uh, those were the events I went to last night. With the uh, the CEO of Enderbridge, which is an uh, oil and gas firm here in, in Calgary, recipient of that. But I was sitting with the winners of this award. Uh, 
CEOs and I always for a long time that am I uh, am I good enough to network with these guys? But really got down to it. Is I need to really step up my networking and you know and get in front of these people. But you know, a lot of IT professionals and known for small uh, companies and consultants that you mentioned. You know they see marketing as you know it's like like this whole other evil empire that's out there and they 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 don't even look at it. they they run away from it. How important marketing to to a business today. Um, well, like I said before, marketing, by the way, can you hear me okay? Hear you. Yeah, a little bit choppy, but I can hear you okay. Yeah, you're getting choppy too. That's why I was asking you. Um, marketing is very important. As long as you understand it's not the end-all, be-all, it's, it's not the thing that's going to uh, make your company sustainable. It's going to bring money. Well, actually, it's going to bring prospects, and then you have a sales process there. Obviously, you know there's, a, but a lot of people don't know there's a distinct difference between marketing and sales. So, once you first understand that marketing and sales are not the same thing, then you can understand that marketing is the thing that's bringing people to your company. It's the thing that is um, allowing people to learn about you, and networking is part of marketing. And it's for any size company out there. Um, you know, for a smaller business, the the leader of that company can't just sit on his laurels and have salespeople go out. If you have a couple of salespeople, you really you need to have a face of the company. Um, granted, you don't really want to build the brand around yourself. You just want people to understand that there is somebody that's running this show, and you're the one that set the culture. Um, I don't want to get into you know setting your company up for a, a sale, but uh, you know being the only Rainmaker and the only everything in your company is not a good idea, but but putting a face to the culture is something that you want to do, and that's what networking is is excellent for. And I'm kind of proud of you that you actually decided that uh, you are good enough to be hanging out with these people because you are. And if you don't make an, a, an attempt to do it, you'll never know. And and that comes uh, back to surrounding yourself with top-notch people. Um, I, I do a little part of a lot of my speeches where I, I talk about, and it's actually in the book too, um, that you you are a product of your surroundings. So if we take it to a sport that both of us play with golf, I know I'm an okay golfer, but I play much better when I play with three other people that are better than me. Absolutely, yeah, that's so true. Right? I learn, I'll knock five strokes off easy on my normal score, if not ten, just by playing with people that I'm watching and it's not a pressure thing, but it's a, well, they're doing well. How are they doing it? I don't want to look like an idiot. So, you know, let me concentrate on what I'm doing and, and take their advice and, and do what they say and see how it works out. I have nothing to lose. I already know they're better than me anyway. So sitting in a, in a room with a bunch of people that are um, experienced and successful or sitting one-on-one -on -one with the same type of person, um, you know, to, to just listen to them, never mind, you know, specifically ask a question just to hear and, and see what they do and how their companies work and how they got it that way. That doesn't mean you're ever going to have the same size company that they have. It doesn't have to be the same industry. That's the whole point of modeling. You can go to a, you know, a, a gas distributor company and, and actually pick some things up for your IT company, depending on what you're listening for, the things that you're, you're weak at that you're listening for. Maybe it's a customer service issue. Maybe it is a marketing issue. It's just a matter of tweaking it a bit. You're not doing anything that somebody else already hasn't done. 
right, and, you know, and George, you know, you know, I want to kind of circle back on your golf analogy there because that that is so true in life and in business. Where you know, when you hang out with other golfers that can play the game well, you pick up tips and tricks, and you your game elevates uh, to that. And if but if you approach that as you know, these guys are much better. Than me. I'm going to look like a, I'm going to look like a fool because I, I'm I'm not a good golfer. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, when you're sitting in the 19th hole having a refreshment afterwards, they don't care. They are more interested in you as the person. They don't care about how well you golf. Uh, you know, not the the shallow people will bring that up, but the the, the real core people that are there to help and then uh, that are generally interested in you as an individual won't even care if you made that putt on the 18th. Uh, fairway. They want to make sure you actually played and you you completed the game, but you know you're not you're not a quitter. But they don't care if you shot 110 or shot a 95 or an 80. They they don't care, and that's the same in business. Uh, I found I I'm going to have a coffee with one of the guys that's at my table last night. You know, just because I'm interested in learning more about what he has to offer in business and what maybe I can potentially learn from him. But that's just getting over that fear of. You know, am I going to look like a fool if I venture into this uncharted territory? And George, maybe you you, you probably will agree with me. They don't care. They they just, they're probably more interested in you as the person instead of you as uh, you know the entrepreneur. You're the business owner. You as you know the techie guy. Absolutely, nine out of ten people are not the fearful, jerky person you think they are just because they might be, uh, you know, a billionaire. Or a millionaire, or something just something higher than you uh, happen to be, it, 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 and it, you will never know. I mean, you can go by all the rumors. I never take anything that people say about somebody to heart, even if they actually know them. But a lot of people will just tell you oh, that guy looks like a jerk. They don't even know him, you know. So you have nothing to lose to to find out about this person. And the only thing you need to do to not look like a fool is have that client relationship, client management skill of having some kind of social skills that says, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to talk to this person. It's just a conversation. I, you know, you don't have to get pushy. You just get to know them. And, and if they are a jerk, hey, you turn around and you leave. The odds are, you know, as long as you're nice to them, they're going to be nice to you. So you're hanging around in the right crowd if you want to want to move up the ladder and to go back to the golf thing again the opposite side of that rainbow and i'm sure you've done this before maybe not on purpose but there's people out there that always play with people that are worse than them and all that does is they have to go with that crowd to look like the best person so that makes them feel better it doesn't make them get any better all it does is it gives them a false positive because they know they're playing with a bunch of hackers that shoot 110 and they shoot a 95 and you know, that's respectable in some circles, but it looks great to these other guys. So that's an ego issue. So if if you, again, drop the ego part and say, I want to purposely play with some better people, and I'm going to work on some things. And, you know, you can't go way above your head because you can't be somebody that can't even swing a club and play with somebody that's a scratch golfer. That's a little bit beyond you, but you do it in levels. If you shoot 120, play with a guy that shoots 100. If you shoot 100, play with a guy that can shoot 80, and then you get better as time goes on. You won't. It's not a matter of embarrassing yourself. It's a matter of stepping yourself up to the highest level you could possibly go by following the lead of somebody that already got there. Absolutely. Then those opportunities for you to lead will show uh, when when you're ready uh, to take those uh, take that next step. Absolutely. So you know, George, we got about we got about 10 minutes or so left. I want to. 
you know, maybe touch on one other uh, chapter that caught my interest uh, here in the book, and it's about uh, leadership. And I'm sure we touched uh, based on some uh, leadership, but your your tagline is it's not just about employees. Uh, I mean, there's lots of great information out there uh, on leadership. You can pick up any book at Barnes and Noble or or Borders or Chapters or Amazon on leadership. What makes your uh, uh, chapter here on leadership uh, different than what some of the other people are talking about uh, in leadership today? Well, it, 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 we actually accidentally touched about it, uh, upon it before when we were talking about client management, too. You actually said something, but I, I let it go, figuring we were going to come back to it. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about um, how you deal with other people. And in this day and age, with the whole trusted business advisor, you really, again, to look like a business, you need to act like a business, and that means you need to have some sort of leadership. Your business partner, your clients, they're looking for you to be in a leader role, which sometimes that means it, this touches about client management, it touches on time management, it, t- it touches on a lot of things when you when you really look at the whole subject. I mean, if um, if you look at my time management, when we talk about things like um, the emails, you know, how often you should check email and, and things like that, you know, unless you're expecting a specific email, uh, checking email two or three times a day and letting your clients know that's when I'm checking my email, then that's setting up a leadership position that says this is how I work and I'm worth this and this is just how it has to be. If you don't want to work with me, then don't work with me. But, um, you know, leadership, it deals with things, it deals with people, um, it deals with time, and it deals with organization. And then you have to put all those things together, and that's basically what that chapter is all about. Um, it's not really a style of management. It just has, has to do with how you organize all the players in your business, and that means inside and outside, clients, vendors, contractors, employees. All of that encompasses how you, you lead your business. And part of that also goes into the organization of your business, like we said before, which is the structure of business. And then, again, we have the time issue. So it touches upon so many things that leadership is just not about being a manager of your particular employees. I mean, it's managing yourself, your employees, your vendors, your contractors, clients. It's the whole thing. And it's it's not a long chapter. It's a pretty quick, easy read, but it it probably is, like you said, something a little bit different than you've ever read about. But it it is an important cog, and it's in there. And actually, the way the chapters are laid out are pretty – well, I set them up a certain way. They all kind of link together a certain way. Other people might not agree, but if you read it and really pay attention to what I'm trying to do – you can see why leadership falls in where it does and time management does and why marketing comes a little later than you figure it would. There's, there's, there's a, there's a uh, rhyme for all my reasons, let's put it that way. Great. Well, we actually got a caller, uh, George, so we'll see if we can bring the caller on, uh, on our program today. Who's, uh, who's on the line with us today? Hey, Stuart, Stu, and George. Hey, Stuart Selps joins us. Uh, George, I'm sure you know Stuart Selps. Uh, yeah, uh, you, read, you read a nice uh, testimonial from him at the beginning. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going there, Stu? It, it's going good, guys. Uh, I'm sorry to come in late. I, I, I came in when you guys were talking about golf. It just kind of perked my ears up. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to give my two cents in to whoever's listening to this call. 
about your book, George, because uh, you and I have been friends a while, and and I've read your book, and uh, I owe you some uh, some data on it. But I want to tell just the callers out there, this is probably one of the best books that I've ever read on putting your business together from the word go. Because um, you know, even though George and I are both business coaches in the IT industry, it, it's really a good outline. If you read this 115 pages, which you know should take you an hour, um, and, uh, and and use some of the things that, that George has put together, um, I think you'll have a really great foundation to put your business together because it's your business. I appreciate that, Stu. Well, it's it's right on, brother. And so um, if, Thank um, you. You know, if anyone out there is listening to this thing, I, I highly recommend purchasing it and, um, and uh, put it in your – and maybe even have everybody in your staff read it because then they'll probably have the same philosophy about how to help you build your business and make it better. Everyone's part of the team. Yeah, Stu, so you, you know, you're one of the guys that, uh, you know, another one of those movers and shakers uh, in this industry. You know, George has given his two cents uh, worth uh, on, you know, his, per, you know, way he sees the the IT industry going uh, and the consultants and IT business owners. You, you work with partners every day. What's the pulse like on the street out there, you know? Is it all doom and gloomers or optimism out there and guys are ready to, you know, oh, dig no. in and just make it happen? See, the partners that I work with are taking an active approach to their business. Um, they've seen a little bit of a downturn, but what they're doing now by working with me or someone like George or any, any business coach out there is they're taking, uh, they're taking an advantage of this, quote, unquote, downtime. I just got off the phone with one of my partners in Boston, and sure, he was a little slow at the beginning of this year. But now he's starting to see the upswing in things. And he wasn't even a managed service provider. Uh, I've known this particular partner for a while, even when I was at uh, one of my other companies that I worked for. And, you know, he had used Kaseya off and on, not really. But now he's starting to focus on the, hey, let's let's get some of our, our clients into a proactive contract. Because that way we don't have to worry about the the economy. If it tanks again, we will have these contracts and we'll be able to work with these uh, partners. More and more of the partners that I work with as a coach are looking to be that trusted advisor. And, you know, like our friend Vlad calls them SPS, single points of failure. They're now what I like to call productive members of society. They're actually providing a business, a structured business, to their clients, and they're being that part of their executive team. And it's fantastic just to see the growth in these people who have been that break fix or uh, I don't know if I can do this over the last few months. It's fantastic. Well, that's one of the things we talked about was just having confidence to go ahead and do things. And I don't know if you caught my tail in there, Stu, about my mishap of going to the wrong networking event last night, but it was it was eye-opening for me and really drove on the point that, uh, you know, I just got to have a little bit more confidence in, in taking my own self in, into the next level because, you know, as George mentioned, uh, I was probably that – in a way, I was probably that guy who had a very successful business and went to networking events with people that were maybe not, uh, maybe struggling or not as profitable, and I looked really good. But when I went to these other ones where I was just a you know a, a two or three million dollar organization and you know thirty people compared to two hundred fifty employees and multi- multiple millions of dollars, I was a little afraid about you know do I fit into these circles. And I, th- I mean, I, I'm happy that you brought up that confidence uh, point there. Well, here, let me just add one more thing before the end of the call here. Um, with my coaching partners, I wrote a template of a 30-second commercial. The, and actually, it was a 30-second commercial I used when I was a VAR. 
one of my friends, who's not even one of my coaching partners, was having trouble with his. So I just sent him my template. He used it at his BNI meeting on Wednesday. Um, and after his, and he memorized it and set it up for himself and whatnot. And so he gave his 30-second or 60-second commercial using my template. And five people came up to him and said, listen, I really want to do business with you. You sound like the type of company that, that I want. Plus, I can refer you out to anybody where he's never gotten a referral before. So a big thing of networking, and this is one of the things that I push to my partners, and I'm sure George pushes it. I know George pushes it in his book, and I know you're a big advocate of networking, is know what you're going to say before you say it. Be prepared. Um, talk about what is important to you and answer the question, what can you do for me? And once you answer that for the prospect, client, whatever, you're either going to have a five-minute conversation or you're going to have a 25-minute conversation. Yeah. You're right. I agree with that. I mean, I've, I've also taken, taken my approach a little bit more towards uh, uh, Bob Berg's go-giver. And really, you know, I don't really bring anything up about us until, you know, well into the relationship as established. Anyway, running short on time, guys. Stu, thanks so much for calling in. It's always a pleasure. You know, you're always welcome to call in at any time. Yeah, I've been really busy. You know, pe people need help. So <laughs> it's, it's been great. George, it was great to see you in at SMB Nation. Stu, I, I yeah. Look forward to the next time I get to visit with you and uh, you anyone too. who's listening. Uh, definitely pick up George's book if I can pay, make one last plug for it. <laughs> Great. Uh, WPC, my friend, will be the uh, the next time we'll uh, probably get our paths across. So looking forward to that. George, we've got about five minutes left. Any you know any closing comments, uh, things that you wanted to talk about that we haven't addressed yet? Um, no, not really. I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a certain structure to the book that follows the structure that I I preach to my clients and. Um, it's a great starter. It's like Stu said, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but it works. It's the same thing that I used and even more enhanced, honestly, than I used when I was struggling myself to build that business when I didn't know any better. I mean, the only reason why I did what I did was because I had the drive from the business end, which is rare from a technology person standpoint. And this is the second edition of the book, so I, I added some more meat to it. And uh, basically, it's a, it's a beginner version of my all-encompassing uh, blueprint system that I use where I go through all these things a lot more in depth. There's only so much you could put in a book. Uh, you know, I didn't want to write a dictionary. So this thing is a, it's, it's a great way to, to get started. Like you both said, it's a pretty quick read. It's a little longer than it was before, but it's still a quick read, and uh, it's very understandable as long as you keep your mind open. And, and again, like you said, Maybe read it a couple of times because just like a, a movie you thought was kind of funny, when you watch it eight more times, you pick up things that you didn't see when you got interested in one part and something just skipped by you. Um, there's a lot to it. And, and actually, I set something up for anybody that listens to the recording or the live version of this. you mind if I put that out there to you? You there? So are you still there? Well, if you could still hear me, if you go to consultantscoach.com slash BYOB book dot PHP, I have an advanced copy uh, thing set up so that if you, you sign up for the advanced copy, I can give it to you for about $5 off the normal cover price. So again, consultantscoach.com slash BYOB book dot PHP.